So in this session, you're going to learn the Evil Genius Handbook for Prolonged Misery and Relentless Consumerism. And I'm going to give you an inside look into the thinking and methods that these genius companies use to keep people addicted, distressed and trapped, buying things they don't need and wanting things they don't have. And when I was 16, I went to art college. It was this wonderful country centre, this big manor house in the fields in Cambridge. And I remember the first day, the head of the school, the main professor, the head teacher came and he gathered all the new students around him in this big hall and we were all standing about and he said, Welcome, welcome. You have now left the mainstream society and you have joined an elite group who are now going to influence society. You're going to learn the methods to affect other people understand from the other side what it's like to create things that have power over others and he went on to deliver this speech that i'll never forget that made me realize i am now on the other side that i am now learning the things that i was consuming and never even realized it. And so since I was 16, having this knowledge that I've now learned more and more about, I've understood why people do what they do, how they do it, and how it works. And it's liberated me from that endless consumer culture. Although it hasn't completely done it because a lot of this stuff is subliminal and happens to us when we're in a receptive state so I have been influenced by a lot of this stuff, even though I don't want to be, because it's so genius, so clever that it happens to the best of us, even when we know better. And once I understood this, I would look at adverts and I would analyze them. Why are they doing what they're doing? What are the ingredients to these ads? How come they are the way they are? And I was amazed, actually, once I started looking at advertising and marketing, how clever and genius some of it actually was. And I remember when I was 16, I would even go out of my way to commend products that had done a great job. And I went and bought their products. I remember seeing some beer commercials and I thought they were so exceptionally done that the next time I was in the supermarket, I went and bought a six pack of their beer. This was many years ago when I was a teenager. And so nowadays, of course, I don't go ahead and buy people's products just because they did a good job because there's too many people doing a good job. But you can now learn these things from the inside to help you avoid the traps that other people don't even know exist. So our current consumer culture is specifically designed to make us want things we don't need and not be happy with what we do have.
And what would happen if we were happy with our lives? If we were happy with everything we had, blissfully contented with the things our life has given us and the life we lead at the moment? Well, if we felt happy, then we would not feel compelled to go shopping all the time. And many companies would go out of business and people would lose the jobs they have. And by the way, shopping doesn't just mean going on Amazon or going to a shop and buying stuff physically. Shopping also means going online, checking your phone, picking up your phone, consuming information. Much of the new shopping is actually surfing the web using devices. And as you'll understand throughout this program, this new kind of shopping may seem free, doesn't cost you to go on social media, but in fact is extremely expensive and very profitable for the companies that give you the service to use. So in the name of economic progress, we're expected to be good citizens and get out there and shop. And an example of this is after 9-11, when the World Trade Centers had been toppled by terrorist attacks and thousands of people had died what was president bush's advice in his speech shortly afterwards go shopping and why did he advise the nation to go shopping because the economy depends on it however we have a glaring problem here because the simple truth is that excessive shopping and consumption simply does not make us happy. And in fact, after we've achieved a certain level of material success and belonging, everything beyond that, all the money, all the stuff beyond that level, does nothing whatsoever to our emotional well-being or our quality of life. And so studies have shown that after about $75,000 to $80,000 a year, it makes absolutely no difference to people's happiness. So if someone has you know, $75,000 to $80,000 a year, they are basically having the same amount of happiness as someone who has millions of dollars or even billions of dollars. It doesn't make any difference at all to our well-being. And in fact, more and more money can in many cases cause distress because people are more and more afraid of losing what they have. Now, despite the fact that more and more money and more and more stuff does not make us happy, and there's endless studies to prove this, it doesn't stop advertisers and marketers from making us feel inadequate human beings unless we have their long list of products and services. And to manipulate us into compliance, to buy more and more stuff, they use a number of highly sophisticated, weaponized methods to make us feel something's lacking with our lives and with ourselves. And then they create an artificial need to achieve the things that they themselves have designed us to want. So they plant the seed of the desire in our minds without us realizing it's happened. Very, very, very crafty of them. 
and then we internalize it and genuinely feel, I want it, I need it, I have to have it. And while the specific tactics they use to make us run around after stuff we don't need are complex and scientifically tested and manufactured, the basic principles they use are actually quite simple. And so if there was a handbook for evil genius, it would look something like this. And so what I'm going to do now is go through the handbook of evil genius because it's very important for you to understand the thinking that goes into the types of things that we're involved with so you can understand it from the inside out. Because if you want to win in the game of life and not be a sucker for these endless things you don't need, then you have to understand what they do, how they do it, why they do it, and the thinking behind it. Because once you understand it, then you can look at the different advertisings and methods and systems that are going on. You can actually see them for a start, because most of the time they appear invisible. So you can see them, and then you can understand how they're doing what they're doing, and that helps you get out of it. So are you ready to look inside the mind of the evil geniuses? Police investigators trying to solve complicated crimes often have the insight that if they want to catch a serial killer, they have to think like a serial killer. They want to catch a fraud artist. They have to think like a fraud Right? So you have to understand from the inside, otherwise you're trapped. And so it's a bit like discovering a whole world that was right there that you never noticed. It's like putting on glasses that allow you to see things that normally you would never notice were there. And so on the one hand, this is a little bit shocking, but on the other hand, it's very important because those things were there all the time and are going to continue to be there whether or not you wear the glasses. But if you know what they are, then you are less likely to be trapped in these invisible traps. So without further ado, let us get to the evil genius handbook for prolonged misery and relentless consumerism. And this is a combination of things that people are aware of. And this is a bit, a bit over the top, frankly, but gives you an idea nonetheless. Step number one. Step number one for evil geniuses, for prolonged misery and consumerism. Step number one, give them a crack phone, an iPhone or an Android, and get them addicted to it. Why do people need to get their phones? Why is this so important? Because we need a way to brainwash people and make them feel terrible and hopeful. If people are exposed to our messages and not addicted to checking our messages, we won't be able to manipulate them. How do you do it? You pre-frame crack phones, iPhones, as the cool thing that you need to have to be somebody and to engage with the world. Make them a necessity and build apps that communicate and guilt trip everyone who doesn't use them. 
make the devices so addictive by providing social triggers in small doses of dopamine so that people keep coming back again and again for their little kick. So we've got to give everyone a phone and then we've got to design apps that make people addicted by giving them little squirts of dopamine. Right, so the more someone checks their notifications and goes back online and there's all these other people, the more they get a little chemical fix in their brain and the more they want to keep coming back. And then, as they're addicted, start saturating them with ads and messages and images that make them feel terrible about themselves and chronically crave things they don't have. So get get people a little device that they can carry around with them all the time that they become actually addicted to. Get everyone else on there as well so they feel insecure and outcast if they don't use it. And then while they're on it, show them endless ads that make them want things that they don't really need. Yep, genius. What if you do this? Well, then you'll have a mass audience of desperate people who think that they're clever and that they're in control control of their lives, but don't realize that they're actually pawns in our system. All right, so step one, get them all addicted to their phones. Step two, make people feel chronically inadequate and ashamed with what they have. Why is this so important? Well, if people were happy with their lives and who they are, then they won't buy stuff they don't need to feel better about themselves. Miserable, stressed, and highly motivated people make very good customers. So how do we make people chronically inadequate and ashamed? Well, we saturate them with impossible standards for them to aspire to and shame them when they are not meeting those standards. So this means we have to show them images of the life they should be having. Pictures with models, with the standard of beauty, with beautiful places and beautiful things that they don't have. So that everyone, even including the models, feel that they need to do some work to try and meet the mark and be up to standard with our society. This is going to make them not like themselves, not like their bodies. When they look in the mirror, they'll feel there's something wrong with me. And they will judge themselves. They will also go around judging everyone else based on their appearance. So everyone is in on the same game. So we show them all the pictures about what you should be like in magazines and television and online and on their phone. And then we get everyone in the game, everyone judging each other and everyone feeling inadequate. So we have them all. Then we show them pictures of homes that they should be living in, relationships they should be having. And so we write articles and we have all of this standards of society out there in the world. So most of all, we need to make sure that they are forever missing out on something. This fear of missing out, FOMO, will fuel their relentless desire to check their phones in search of what they have just missed. So we'll create a whole society of addicts who feel they're never good enough and are afraid of missing out on something wonderful that other people are having. 
We're going to fill their news feed, their inbox, their TVs, their movies with images and messages of what you should be like and what you should need to have. And then we make them feel shameful or unworthy if they don't keep up with the fashion or don't have a nice car or don't have a nice house or don't wear certain clothes. And so once we get enough people in this, then they will shame each other, just like crabs pulling each other down into the bucket. Everyone has to stay stuck in the same thing. And then we're going to make their self-image, their sense of inner self, be based upon their stuff and their external appearance. So we need to make sure that the people feel that it's not possible to be happy unless their external environment matches the ads and messages we've shown them. And we've got to use every trick in the book so when they look around at what they have in their life, they should feel this is all right, this might be okay, but that ad I just saw is much better. I want that other stuff. I went on Facebook and so-and-so is having a better life and there's this cool thing and that cool thing. I want that product. I want to be more like this person. I want more Facebook followers. I want more Instagram. I want more money. I want more praise. That's what we want people to think. So we're going to create a chronic state of dissatisfaction by changing the standard of what's good enough on a regular basis. So even if they bought the latest fashion, last year's fashion, or they got the latest phone, or they got the latest apps, unfortunately, things have now changed, so they're not good enough anymore. So they're going to have to keep updating their phones, updating their clothes, updating everything about their life again and again and again. And we're going to do this so frequently that they become used to updating and replacing something on a regular basis without question if the new one is better. So we're going to create a society where everyone just assumes new is better than old and they constantly feel like they're in a chronic state to update, update. Then we're going to write articles and have messages that praise everything new and give the message new is better, new is better and shame the old. Anything old is backward, archaic, stupid, dorky, not good enough. So that anyone who doesn't keep up with it is considered a reject or a social outcast or too slow and we'll get the society to shame each other who are not keeping up with our wonderful invented nonsense. What's going to happen if you do this? Well, we're going to be have millions of people who are so desperate to spend money on stuff and spend time on stuff to make them feel better that they keep coming back more and more and more so that they can try and hit the mark. And these people will do just about anything to fit in and not be part of the rejects, those who don't meet the standard. Step number three to make everyone miserable. Offer them shortcuts to achieve success, but not quite. So we're going to offer them shortcuts to achieve this success. Now we've made them miserable, but not quite reach it. Why do we need to do this? If you only show people the things that they want and that they can become, but don't let them have a taste of it, then they'll become apathetic and give up the search. So if we set these high standards that are so high that no one can even reach them or taste them, then they will start to resent all the ads and give up. 
and apathy is not going to sell many units or lead to compliance. So what we need to do is remain in a chronically craving state. We've got to get people in a chronically craving state where they are desperate to get more. And to do this, we need to give them a taste, just a little bit, so they keep coming back for more and more and more, like a crack addict. And once they get that little hit that they're nearly there, then they'll keep coming back because they believe they got a little nibble of the carrot and so they want the whole carrot. So how are we going to do this? We're going to give them products that give them the symbol of status without the actual status. So they'll feel that they've almost reached the social norm or the success they crave, but not quite. So for example, if a supermodel wears a specific type of perfume in the ad, then they can have the perfume and they'll be reminded of that model and they'll feel like they have a piece of the model. And so the classic ad of the model with the name of the brand works very well because people feel if they get the brand, they are associated with the model and therefore they're closer to being part of that image and part of that life. And if someone sees images of perfect designer homes, then we can give them some cheap furniture that gives them a sense of being in the cool club when they see it, but it doesn't fully give them the experience for improvement because there's always, frankly, plenty of more that they could achieve in their home with other products. So we take some nice pictures, we show them what it looks like, and then we let them think if they buy this, they are now part of that wonderful designer home community. But of course, there's more, so they have to come back and keep buying more stuff. Now, on social media, you can really trap them. It's like a full crack addiction. Social media is the place to massively indoctrinate and trap tons of people very, very easily. So in order to do this, we're going to give them the opportunity to get likes and shares and social approval because everyone in this sick society is desperate, desperate for approval, approval of others. Are they doing okay? How do they fit in with the others? Are they good enough? How is their status compared to other people? So there's a massive need that we've created for social approval. So what we're going to do is give them opportunity to connect to each other, keep it lightweight and superficial, so they, they get multiple doses of social media connection to slightly satisfy them, like watered-down crack. So instead of one big hit that they get in real-life relationships, where you actually connect with a person, what we're going to do is we're going to give them thousands and thousands of little lightweight connections that don't really give them the feeling they want but make them keep coming back for more and more and more feeling slightly successful but always needing more later and the same thing is true with likes and shares give them a little bit more likes a little bit more shares help each other you see how they're doing, tell them they got 100 people, they can get 200, they got 1,000, they could get 2,000. Let them buy likes, let them buy clicks, let them play the game. And as they all play the game, it raises the bar and so they need more and more and more and more and more to feel okay and not be inadequate. 
So step number three is give them a little bit, give them a taste, but not enough. Step number four is consistently make them miserable with what they have. It's no good if people actually enjoy what they have and are happy. We would not make any money if that was the case. So if they are happy, they won't come back for more. So what we have to do is make sure that on a regular basis, people see all the things that they are missing. Even if someone has money and success, show them others who have more money and more success so relative to them they feel poor, even though their life is great. It's not acceptable for anyone to feel that their life is good now. No, it's not good enough. It could be better and the best is only possible if you get back to the grind and keep buying more stuff. So what don't you have? We have to make sure people see what don't they have, what's missing, why are you unhappy. Focus them on all the things that are wrong with their lives unless they crack and then get back on the search. So we give them a little bit, then we make them feel that there's always something more, make them feel terrible, and then get back on the mission. We never want anyone to look around and be grateful for what they have. And what about those who have just achieved something that we wanted them to have? So if we've sold someone a new car, a new phone, and more followers on social media, and they just got their little kick, what do we do? Well, then we show them all the next levels of all the things they could have and achieve so that almost as soon as they get what they wanted, they now have a new goal and a new reason to keep on fighting for more and more and more and more. So get them addicted and get them wanting more. Give them reason to get out of bed to keep on the fight, keep on the search. So it's never enough, given the message that Famous people are always doing better than them and other people like them are doing better than them and it's always good to have more and make sure they're not happy with what they do achieve. Step number five, shame and medicate them if they don't like it. So why is this important? Well, frankly, making people miserable and selling them a bunch of crap they don't need will make people feel depressed and it will cause emotional distress and mental illness. But we can't have people thinking that society is to blame or that the system is to blame. No, that wouldn't be acceptable. It's important that people who don't like it feel that they personally are the weird one and they are the one who is to blame. So we need to make sure that it's not society's fault, that it's their fault, that they are the weird one, that they are the bad one and that they have a mental illness and shame them for being sensitive. So how do we shame people who are actually sane well, firstly, we create a long list of diagnoses so that when someone comes in to talk with a medical person about how they feel and tries to make them realize that running around buying stuff and all this stuff has made them depressed, that they can quickly be labeled as a problem person and diagnosed with some sort of mental disorder. And then next, we can create medication that subdues their inner knowing and puts a shield between them and the harmful effects of their sick life so that they can get back to work and keep going in the system. 
because what we need is productive shoppers and buyers who keep compliance. It's no good if people feel depressed and feel there's no point in going on because they won't buy any stuff. So we need to keep them on the meds so that they're doubly dependent. And now they're going to need endless things to fit in like others, like everyone else. And they also need the pills to feel okay. So they're basically killing their conscious and getting back to shopping. And if they continue to complain about the world and still say there's something wrong with it, or if they refuse to take their medication and go along, then we need to shame them further and put them in a mental hospital, make sure that everyone they know considers them to be the problem and not the system. We don't want their friends and family questioning themselves. We want them to believe that the sensitive people are bad and evil and problem and they have mental health issues. So we also need to make everyone feel ashamed about mental illness so that it better not happen to me, right? So we create a nice stigma that mental illness is because people are weird and everyone else is fine. So medicate, shame, and then get back to work. All right, step six, set up triggers that force them into compliance. Set up triggers that force them into compliance. Why do we need triggers? We need to make it as easy as possible to trigger people to buy and do what we want. So we need to create triggers that snap them instantly into a miserable craving and receptive state ripe for the picking. Yeah. This means we can continue to keep people in the best state to buy more stuff with little work from our evil genius team. So how do we trigger people constantly to be miserable? Well, there are so many methods, too many to share here. But in essence, here's how it works. We use things like the little red notification numbers, the notifications, the little bells that vibrate that give them a message. We basically set up situations that on a regular basis, they are reminded of the things that they're missing out on. So we tell them that they're about to lose out if they don't act now. There's always something they're missing. So we show them images over and over again that make them feel bad. All right, so step one is you notify them. Notifications, notifications, notifications. This triggers people into compliance. Secondly, we show them images again and again and again that make them feel bad. So they're chronically in a state of despair and judgment, desperate to feel better. Then we break their attention so that they don't have time to think clearly about anything by interrupting them with messages on a regular basis. So notifications and constant distraction is the method because if people were were actually to pull the plug and take time off to think for themselves, then they would stop all this relentless, pointless behavior that serves us and not themselves. So we need to smash their concentration constantly and make them feel in a state of chronic fear, stress, fear of missing out, worry, and craving. Step number seven, keep them constantly trapped on the treadmill. All right, so again, we want this to be easy. We don't want to have to keep doing extra work. So it's no good if people get off the treadmill and stop paying attention to all our messages. So we need to make it almost impossible to live in the world without being part of our 
system. So what does it mean? This means automatically setting up payments, automatic updates, apps and games that have no end. We want it to be endless. Make sure that there is no end in sight. So they keep coming back for more and more and can never leave. So we set it up so that everything's on automatic, automatic and has a bottomless pit. And make sure their friends are all in the same game. So their social community keeps them coming back for more. And make sure that anyone who doesn't play ball and doesn't go along with this is seen as eccentric, selfish or out of touch. So this means setting up, for example, video streaming that just is endless, setting up automatic payments, things like Netflix, Apple Music, as much of that as possible so they keep coming back, notifications that keep them coming back. Anything that has no end, you can set it up once and it just keeps on going forever, that is the game. Because once they're in it and once other people are also in it, then they will feel like they're missing out if they are not part of this every month, every day, all the time. And the final step is make them addicted to it, make them addicted to suffering. Now this step is genius, it's the final step in the system. If you want a truly dedicated pawns in the system, do everything you can to get them firmly and hopelessly addicted so that they can't help themselves but keep coming back for more. So what we need to do is make them chemically addicted to suffering so they don't know how to handle the life being happy or free and they can't even imagine anything else. So how do you get people addicted to suffering? Well, you set up notifications on their phones. Notifications are absolutely critical to this whole game. So they build in a habit of dropping everything that they're doing and checking for their little kick of dopamine because we give them a little kick of dopamine every time they win something, they, every time they get a notification they feel like they've won, it's like gambling. So the phone is now a gambling device that gives them a little gambling kick so they're now addicted to drop everything else and check their thing, check their thing, check their thing. To keep them addicted to their notifications, creating a nice steady addiction. And expose them to images, sexual or otherwise, that trigger pleasure chemicals. And so unless they go back for more, the cravings will harass them. So in other words, give them experiences that affect their emotional state through strong images, through violent movies, through sexual images, so they get attached to it, they get addicted to it, they get a kick from it, and then when they're away from it, they start to feel numb and bored, and so they want to come back for more and more, even though the experiences they have are actually unpleasant, they start to become hungry for it, because compared to that, they now feel bored. And what we have to remember is that when somebody acts out in a certain habit again and again and again, the more they do it, the more quickly the addiction is formed. That's why the key to this whole game is notifications because endless access to addictive apps and endless notifications is weaponized. Yeah, This is the method to weaponize it. So once they have 
endless access to notifications and they have endless access to addictive apps, to movies, to porn, to email. They can get hooked and set themselves up for a steady supply of drugs that keep them mildly sedated. And so what happens is that they get traumatized by exposure to all these things because it's unhealthy and unnatural. But then being away from it creates anxiety. So the only way to relieve the anxiety of who texted me, who messaged me, what's happening is to go back and check it. So we traumatize and give dopamine kicks and adrenaline and then when they go away they feel anxious about what they're missing so they come back for more and this creates a vicious addictive cycle that keeps them constantly trapped in this little game. The conclusion, each of these methods that you've just learned has a long list of scientific testing and research So we constantly make this more powerful by seeing what works and what doesn't. So endless testing and split testing and refinement is essential. And the research is so packed with gold that we can make people hopelessly addicted and constant slaves to the system. And so now our modern world has become weaponized to attach and subdue even the most hardened person. So even if someone thinks they're an individual, they are absolutely no match to all these methods when combined. And with very few exceptions, we have total control over everything. P.S. Final thought, keep them away from soul consciousness and any deep connection with spirituality and God because this will actually satisfy them and give them a pure form of nourishment that will make our fakery and evil genius appear useless. So there is the handbook for Evil Genius. And of course, what I personally do in my life is the opposite of these things. But I understand how they work. And now hopefully you understand what is going on, what people are thinking, the sort of methods they're using. And that's going to give you some opportunity and new insights to see this in your own world, as you look around at apps, as you look around at posters, movies, what is the message they're sharing with you? They're trying to make you feel there's something wrong with you. They're showing you the standards that you should have. All these things are going on all the time. They're using all the methods they possibly can in combination with each other so that without you realizing it, you're being affected and becoming a miserable addict. So now you know it, you are in a better position to get out of it.